is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. If you still draft quarterbacks in round one, we're here to help. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to Thursday's edition of the Fantasy Football Today podcast, Tough Calls. For Fantasy Week 3, who's going to be the best running back in the Tennessee-Seattle game? Are we going to trust Terrell Pryor this week? I got a new cornerback to tell you about that's uh, looking pretty good so far. Could be interesting for fantasy matchups. I am Adam Azer. Follow me on Twitter, at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. And he is Heath Cummings. He's on Twitter, at Heath Cummings Senior, at Heath Cummings SR. Heath, me and you today, and I'm going to start the show by putting you on the spot. Something that we didn't rehearse that you have no idea is coming. Tough, tough question. Which football game are you most looking forward to in week three? That is a tough question. I'm still trying to come down from the high of last night's game and the excitement. I don't want to rub it in too much because I know that your team lost. Wait, But what? Uh, what? that was just a classic game and four championships in six years. That's pretty amazing. What on earth is he talking about? Like WNBA? No, the uh, Sporting KC won the U.S. Open Cup for the fourth time in six years last night with a 2-1 victory over the New York Red Bulls. That's soccer? That is soccer, yes. Wow, I didn't even realize. We should have had some type of side bet on that. Yeah. Interesting. So, you guys suck. We're awesome. <laughs> that applies to the, the NFL, too, unfortunately. Yes, the game that I am most looking forward to... It's not, I don't like this week that much. No, there, I, there are definitely some games that I like. I, I like that Atlanta Detroit game a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, so that's, that's gotta be up there. I like Tampa Bay, Minnesota if Bradford plays. If not. Yeah, North. I don't really. Seattle uh, at Tennessee looks kind of, kind of, kind of sexy. I, I think Houston, New England might be a little bit. Oh, please. Oh. I, I think it, like, I don't know that it'll be close, but I think it will be interesting to see what Deshaun Watson does with his legs. Oh my gosh, the last three meetings, Patriots won 27-6, 27-0 with Brissett, and 34-16. They had better defenses then. They're going to cream Houston. They own Houston. And the Sunday night game will be a blast. Uh, the Sunday night, the Raiders and the Redskins, yeah, that should be a, a pretty good yes. one. And the Chargers game will come down to a missed field goal at the end, so. But, that's a the game I'm most looking forward to is Cincinnati at Green Bay. Really? Why? For fantasy purposes? I want to see if Cincinnati's offense changes at all. I want to see if the, if Joe Mixon is now a feature back. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yeah, same here. And I, uh, I want to see how that, that works out for our FanDuel teams. Cause fantasy football is back and FanDuel is back. Sign up today, go to FanDuel.com and click the Join Now button and use our code CBSPOD. You'll get free entry into the NFL Sunday Million with over $1 million in cash prizes. That's big. Make your first deposit on FanDuel and use that code CBSPOD, void where prohibited. All right, so a lot of things on today's show. Second half of the show is going to be the tough calls. We're going to start with some under-the-radar running back additions that you could make. Uh, then we'll read some helpful emails, emails that should help everybody, fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. Some buy or sell, a Mighty Ducks reference, and there we go. Under the radar running back ads. I put four guys in here sorted by ownership percentage. Thomas Rawls, his ownership has gone down from 95% last week to 78% this week. If Thomas Rawls in shallower leagues were on your waiver wire, would you want to add him? You know, the problem is you see... Like 78%, the rest of these guys, I've seen the list. I, I believe I'm going to agree with more, but it's 78%. It feels to me like Thomas Rawls is probably owned in anything 12 teams or deeper. In a 10-team league, I'm not particularly interested in netting him. So I don't know that Rawls is really under the radar. I think he's appropriately owned. Okay. Well, there are, he's one of, of two or three running backs that people may have given up on after week two. That could easily get... More work than we expected in week three, and then mm-hmm. be right back on the most added list. Not that Rawls was there, he was drafted, but Rawls is one. Uh, Kerwin Williams is another, you know, I, Chris Johnson was better. And I, I don't, I mean, in general, I don't know that anybody's all that interested in these running backs, but would it shock you if Kerwin Williams had a better game than Chris Johnson this week against Dallas? It wouldn't shock me, but it would definitely surprise me. Okay. And then the third is uh, another guy on this under the radar ads list, Wendell Smallwood. 
Look, Garrett Blunt had zero carries last week. They they can't get a, get away all season without having a running game. Could Wendell Smallwood, 18% owned, be, you know, a, a flex at some yes. point this year? A- absolutely, and at 18% is, is way too low for his ownership. Yeah, not this week a flex, but Smallwood is somebody you could stash. Uh, Jalen Richard, Heath, 42% owned. He's on the most added list, but maybe still needs to go a little bit higher, as, as Jamie likes to say, a lottery ticket on Jalen Richard. You know that he's my dude, the most talented running back in Oakland. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I think he should be, I, I just yesterday for the first time did my stash rankings. And it's the guys that may not help you this week, but need to be on your roster. And Richard was ahead of Thomas Rawls towards the top of my list. Wow. And then where is Arlen's Darkwa? He is 6% owned. Two games last year for Darkwa with double digit carries. He had 10 for 53 and a touchdown. Against the Redskins in the following week, he had 12 for 48 and a touchdown at Minnesota. So that's really impressive. And could begin as early as this week where he starts to get more work than Paul Perkins. Yeah, I am not interested. But if you think – here's here's what my qualifier would be for that. I don't think the Giants running game is a Paul Perkins problem. I said on yesterday's podcast I think there's maybe five or six running backs in the NFL that I'd want to start in fantasy if they were on the Giants. Orlean Stark was not one of those five or six running backs. <laughs> right. If, But if you disagree with me and you think Paul Perkins is the issue with the Giants running game, then Darkwa should be towards the top of the list because I do think he's going to get more of an opportunity. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you about the Giants running game, but I just know in some of my leagues I'm so running back needy that Darkwa is a guy that I might take a look at at just 6% owned. Uh, you like to write about streamers every week. Any good tight end streamers? You know, it's, obviously it's a big week for for tight end streamers because we don't know about Rob Gronkowski, who, you know, it looks positive right now, but we don't know about Jimmy Graham. Kind of looks negative right now on Jordan Reed and Tyler Eifert, uh, and obviously Greg Olson out for half the season at least. So tight end streamers, Heath, who could we pick up? There's a lot of them. There are a lot of options because the nice thing about tight end is the bar is so low now to be a top 12 tight end that there's a lot of guys that could do that number one on the list and his ownerships probably went up way too much since waivers ran but number one on the list tuesday was jack doyle i i spent 22 dollars on him out of 100 in the 14 team league that's steep that's steep i don't know that jack doyle is necessarily the answer until andrew luck comes back but his matchup against the cleveland browns in week three they gave up 22 PPR fantasy points to Jesse James in week one. They mm-hmm. gave up like 17 last week. Uh, they so, gave up eight, eight for 91. So yeah, 17, 17. in PPR to Ben Watson last week on only eight targets, by the way. <laughs> right. Caught, caught all so, eight of them. Doyle's the easy choice, but assuming that he's owned in your league, I think for the Jordan Reed owner, it's pretty easy. Just pick up Vernon Davis. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. If he's out, the Raiders are not good at all against tight ends. That's pretty easy. If you're looking for somebody in a deeper league, or maybe you were a little slow to get around to the tight end this week, I think Ed Dixon's going to get some targets. The Saints defense is terrible. The the Panthers are going to go up and down the field. I, I don't hate Dixon. And then somebody we talk about every week because people just will not add him. And he didn't have a good week last week, and you would think that he has a tough matchup this week is Charles Clay. But this Broncos defense just gave up 10-97-1 to Jason Witten, who's kind of a carbon copy of Charles Clay right now. Yeah, and and Ben Watson is – you're lower on Ben Watson than Dave and Jamie are, but Ben Watson's owned in about 21% of leagues. Doyle, by the way, is 71% owned. Vernon Davis is 3% owned. That's a really good one there. Uh, and Ben Watson is facing Jacksonville. And, uh, Jacksonville, I know they ended last year really struggling against tight ends. This year, I don't know off the top of my head. I don't think we have but enough. But they, f- they faced Houston and, and, uh. Delaney Walker. And really all Delaney yeah. Walker did was score a rushing touchdown. Right, right. So. so yeah. I, I'm not, a, like, I don't dislike Watson. He's, a, he's in that same group. The, the reason I don't have him ranked as high, I don't think there's very many points scored in this game. Oh yeah, in London. Yeah. I don't know how much Flacco is going to need to throw. So I, I just, I'm not as excited about him, but he's not a terrible option. And then one more flyer, uh, I mean, I don't want to rely on this guy, but Austin Severian Jenkins, 
The Dolphins so bad against tight ends. Last week they gave up a touchdown to Antonio Gates and a big game to Hunter Henry. So you got to be desperate. I, I think I think you're right, Heath. I mean Vernon Davis at three percent owned is a really good call. I, that's a you know backup tight end for the for the Redskins. Not looking great for Reed. His coach said he's not healthy right now. So those are some tight end streamers that you can consider. And you should also consider movement watches. I am now the proud owner of a very stylish but not flashy, not excessive movement watch. And you can be too. You don't have to pay much for it. Go to this URL, mvmtwatches.com slash ffootball. That is mvmtwatches.com slash ffootball. Get 15% off with free shipping and free returns. MVMT Watches, that's pronounced Movement Watches, another awesome sponsor. I'm very excited about them. I dare you all, go to that URL and try not to be enticed, try not to be impressed, not to be tempted to buy a watch. You know, when I took a look at, at uh, MVMTWatches.com slash FFootball, I had trouble, Heath, you know, we have our Movement Watches now. I had trouble deciding which one to get. Really a lot of good options. I had to ask like eight people. I, I finally got my watch and I love it. Uh, Movement Watches wants you to have a watch without breaking the bank. So watches, you know, sometimes they, they're five, 500 bucks, 600 bucks at a department store. How about 95 bucks? That's what they start at, at Movement Watches. 15% off with free shipping, free returns. Go to MVMT dot, mvmtwatches.com slash ffootball. Now's the time to step up your watch game. Go to mvmtwatches.com. Slash F football and join the movement. All right, let's read some helpful emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. This one is from Dugan. Now we're going to look at some schedules, Heath. We're going to drop some knowledge. Drop some knowledge. First part of the email, who has the bigger upside rest of season, C.J. Anderson or Christian McCaffrey? Uh, I would – I'd – I'm gonna say Anderson and Standard McCaffrey and PPR, and that's so weak. I'm surprised that's a tough call for you. I would have thought it would have been an easy CJ Anderson. Yeah, I don't I don't think Anderson has more upside than McCaffrey and PPR. I mean McCaffrey's even with his bad starts, how many catches is he on pace for through two games when he's been bad? Uh, I can tell you in a moment. McCaffrey He's got has nine catches in two games. So 72 catches? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, he's got a lot of upside in PPR, no doubt. All right, this is the second part of the question. I love it. Is after this week, tonight, Todd Gurley facing the Niners, uh, is this a good time to sell high on Todd Gurley? Because his next five weeks, look at this schedule, at Dallas – you know, and we, we got in trouble with it with CJ Anderson, but if Dallas is in a close competitive game, they often don't give up a lot of rushing yards. Yeah, I, I don't know if I buy that, but go ahead. I buy it. 100% I buy it. They dominate time of possession. It's not because they're so good. Uh, at Dallas, Seattle, at Jacksonville, Arizona, bye. At the Giants, Houston, at Minnesota. I don't see one good matchup. For one, for eight weeks, including the bye, maybe Dallas, maybe. That's, that's the only one you can sit here and tell me is a good matchup. In fact, they all might be bad matchups. Here's the, here's the problem that I have specifically with preseason strength of schedule going into the year. Because if we are judging by what we thought going into 2017, then I would agree with you. This looks terrible. If we're judging by what's happened in the first two weeks of 2017, eh. No, I don't know if it's that bad. Okay, all right, fine. Seattle has just been run all over Se- by Seattle, Ty Montgomery. Seattle, no, 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 no. They were not run all over by Ty okay. Montgomery. I'm sorry. He's he had 100 total yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and and that's the thing with Gurley is Gurley does catch a lot of passes now, but I this is a, this is really interesting to me. Seattle's run defense, we have to buy. We have to. For how long? What if Derrick Henry has a good game against them? The Titans running backs often had good games against tough matchups last year. I went back, I looked at all of their tough matchups. I don't think they had any quite as tough as Seattle, but they did very well against the Chiefs. They did well against the Texans. They all usually did well. So even then, unless they get completely demolished and run over, I wouldn't be too worried. Uh, come on, it just like, it's common sense. They were great against the run last year and they added Sheldon Richardson for goodness sake. They're gonna be good. They're always good against the run. Okay. 
they've been not great against the run so far. We don't expect them to be good against the run this week. I'm not saying they're I going to be bad. All right. At Jacksonville, you, you seem to disagree on their run defense. I like, we got into a huge argument on the show Sunday morning between me and Jamie and Pete Prisco over whether the Jacksonville defense was really great yet. And obviously they gave up 30 burger to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And Derrick Henry ran all over them. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm not convinced that they're great. They're fine. Arizona, then a bye at the Giants, Houston at Minnesota. Look, it's tough. Whether or not it's it's a it's a juggernaut every week, it's a tough, tough schedule. I can't imagine that there will be a running back with a harder slate of games in the next eight weeks after after this week than Todd Gurley. So what, yeah, what, I, what do you I think? think? It's, very, it's possible, but I. If you could sell actually high on him, I'd be fine with it. Okay. But it, it better be like I'm not accepting top twelve running back value for Todd Gurley. I want top six running back value. Yeah, let's let's get a huge game tonight, and then we'll yeah, then we'll visit that. Uh, all right, next email is another schedule email. It's from Carson from the 51st state. Taxation without representation. I don't really know what that means. I assume it's Puerto Rico. Yeah, it could, it could be. But yeah, yeah. Um, it may be a bit early to come to a schedule conclusion, but I took a look at Washington's schedule when deciding whether or not to try to buy low on Cousins. And from week nine on, their schedule looks pretty bleak for quarterbacks and wide receivers. Week nine on, Washington has at Seattle, Minnesota, at New Orleans, Giants, at Dallas, at the Chargers, Arizona, Denver, and then at the Giants. So we okay. got we got New Orleans, we got Dallas, we got the Chargers. Nothing wrong with that, but we also have Seattle, we have the Giants, we have Arizona, and we have Denver. And so then the, three three good matchups, four bad matchups. Yeah, and then the Giants in Week 17 if you're playing there. And that's kind of interesting. Like Weeks 15 and 16 for Kirk Cousins, Arizona and Denver. I mean, do you care about that at this point? Do you care about this at all? Week nine, week nine on. No, you don't. Okay. I mean, but weeks I, I nine, would, weeks nine through twelve, you're probably sitting cousins three or four times as as we look at it now. Weeks nine through twelve, that's Seattle, Minnesota, New Orleans, and the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that there's a chance that you're sitting him in a couple of those. Yeah, I'd say there's a chance you're sitting him in three of them. <laughs> you know, like could change. This, would, could change. this segment would probably you'd get a lot more agreement if Dave or Jamie was on. Probably. That's why we like Heath, contrarian, but not intentional. No, it's not. It's just different philosophies. Different philosophies. Yes. Yeah. All right, Patton, South New York. Remember last week we had Central New York. We didn't know where that was. Right. What's South New York? I think New York City. Okay. Is South? Yeah. New York. Shouldn't I know that? You should. Yeah, I think I should. Dear uh, Rafi, Andre, Pete, and Kevin. That's the league. It is the league. With Tariq Cohen cutting into Howard's playing time in the horrible Chicago team, is Jordan Howard worth keeping? Like next year or no, th- today? No, this is the second should I drop Jordan Howard question that I've been getting, Heath. Yeah, I like. I think the chances of Jordan Howard being a bust have risen from like 15 to 20% preseason to like 45% right now. I am worried about Jordan Howard. There's no chance. Like, I'm holding on to Thomas Rawls in case he gets more work this week. I'm not cutting Jordan Howard. I, I like – I mean, I think Jordan Howard might be a buy low if people are thinking about him like this. If people are thinking about him like this, yes. What What is there not to like about Jordan Howard? I mean, he's not going to catch passes because Cohen's going to do that. But he didn't catch passes really last year. He's still going to be their running back. I mean, we don't know if he's going to play this week. But he – Yeah, he's hurt. That's one thing. Yeah, yeah. He's going that to is, get, I believe, a smaller percentage of the work than he did in the second half last year. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it seems like an overreaction to me. They might be worse than they were last year. Uh, here's a question from Yo L. What up? Would you trade Jordan Howard for Joe Mixon in standard? No, no, that is not buying low on Mixon, and that is that is definitely selling low on Howard. Do not do that. From Richard Hong in La, La Crescenta, California. Dear John Luke, Ben, Catherine, and Jim. I feel like this is one that I should know, but I don't. Okay, we'll look it up. Buy or sell, I am the Fleener owner, and I'm in trouble when Sneed comes back. Uh, yeah. 
I, I don't know how much trouble you're in because you probably didn't give much for Fleener. I assume he's a matchup dependent play. It's a 14 team league. He'll be, I mean, I expect him to be a top 14 tight end. You just have one of the worst tight ends in your league. Yeah, but a lot of people are, are struggling at tight end right now. Right. Um, Jean-Luc, uh, Ben, Catherine, Jim is Star Trek. Never oh, seen, yeah. never seen it. I sh- I shouldn't have known it. Yeah. From Jonathan, should I trade Derek Henry for Doug Martin? Give Henry to the DeMarco Murray owner for Doug Martin. I would make that deal. Yeah, I think Henry, you and I, I think are sort of on the same page here. Henry's not going to just steal this job and run away with it. No, his, his upside is working his way into a 50-50 split. Unless Murray gets hurt, which he already Long is. Term. Yes. Yeah, right. All right, uh, here's our tweet of the day. It is from Eli. Have you noticed the similarity between Ben McAdoo's new hairdo and Gordon Bombay's makeover in Mighty Ducks 2? Most likely the reason for the Giants' slow start, in my opinion. Fair. Have you said – I think that's pretty funny. Gordon Bombay, D2. I'm going to look it up right now. Um, Are you a Mighty Ducks – oh, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Look at that. Slick back hair and everything. But I see the Iceland coach in D2 also had slick back hair, so. I probably want to change that up, Ben McAdoo. Are you a Mighty Ducks fan? Are you too old for that? What do you mean am I too old for that? Of course I'm not too old for that. You're not? No. How old are you? I am 38. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even keep track of it. Age is just a number. Okay. You've seen, um, I, you have not, I know for a fact that you have not seen D3. You're too no, old for D3. I, I don't think I saw D2. See? Yeah. You're too old. But, but I definitely enjoyed Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks is a great and movie. I'm going to go ahead and guess that D2 and D3 both sucked. D3 sucked. Uh, D2? Enjoyable uh, it, when it, I was it, a kid. I don't yeah, know about it's, now. It's awful. Probably. You know it's not awful? Watching more football games. Do it on your laptop. Do it on your mobile device. Stream it anywhere. Your local NFL on CBS games, they're streaming live on CBS All Access. Start your free trial at cbs.com slash NFL. Not CBS Sports, but cbs.com slash NFL. And even actually if you're on our cbssports.com uh, NFL scoreboard page, you can click links and go watch games on CBS All Access. It's really cool. Do it, do it, do it. Buy or sell, Heath, from uh, Cheers, Cheers, Here's Beers. Oh, okay. Cheers, Here's Beers. Uh, Chris Carson doesn't look back is an RB1 rest of season. Buy or sell? I'll I buy the first half and sell the second half? Yeah. Yes. I buy that he doesn't look back, that he doesn't give this job up. I will sell that he's a running back one. He's he's a number two. Never going to give you up. That will be the uh, Chris Carson theme song. Right yeah. Now. you've. I, there's been a lot of times when you sang and I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. That was bad. That was bad. Don't, don't sing that song. <laughs> I just saw a video of uh, Rick Astley singing that song. With the Foo Fighters. Like, he comes on stage during a Foo Fighters concert and sings Never Gonna Give You Up. Yeah. Weird. Uh, Carl Danzo. Derek Henry over Joe Mixon. Rest of... Oh, we just did that. Oh, no, we did Howard for Mixon. Sorry. Sell. Uh, Henry over Mixon. Sell? Sell. All right. From Endry. Buy or sell J.J. Nelson is now the best Cardinals receiver, even over Fitzgerald. How... Dare you? <laughs> Do not besmirch the name of Larry Fitzgerald on this program, sir. Sell. It's kind of interesting. It's been, like this is how many receivers are we going to say this is the guy over Larry Fitzgerald? Remember when Michael Floyd was the guy over Larry Fitzgerald? Remember when John Brown was the guy over Larry Fitzgerald? Remember when Anquan Bolden was the guy over Larry Fitzgerald? Fine. Nobody's the guy over Larry. Buy Fitzgerald. or sell. J.J. So. Nelson will score more touchdowns than Larry Fitzgerald. Not not this year because he's already got a head start, two nothing or three nothing, um or two nothing. Sell. Uh, rest of season. No, I'm buying it. All yeah. all J.J. Nelson does is catch yeah. touchdowns. You, you were also the guy that said Michael Floyd was better than Larry Fitzgerald. Michael Floyd is better than Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, oh just my so we have it. <laughs> uh, all right. I just Fitzgerald doesn't score, but okay, he's it selling would, it. No. Fitzgerald doesn't score. He had one bad touchdown year last year. He's old, bro. Okay, you could say that. Yeah. That's fine. David Paladino, he, he has never seen D3. I guarantee you that. David Paladino, buy or sell. Jameis Winston is a top eight quarterback this season. So, I didn't have it ranked that way before the season. I don't, I don't think he's a top eight quarterback. Elliot Anderson, Ed Dixon is a tight end one. 
while Olsen is on IR, buy or sell? No, no. probably not. Major sell. But I don't know that it's that far off. I'll, really? I'll sell, but I'm it, I'm not like angry like I was over the Fitzgerald thing. <laughs> Spencer, buy or sell? James White will outscore Isaiah Crowell in PPR. Very interesting one. If you're asking for week three, I think I'd buy that. I think I'd buy it rest of the season. I'm gonna yeah. buy it. Not a Crowell guy. I I want to be. He he's one of the. There's a long list of players that are kind of on notice for week three. Like it's time to do it, and he's one of them. Let me give you a good Isaiah Crowell stat, and uh, I'll probably give it again later because he's one of the tough calls. Crowell in wins, Cleveland wins or one score losses last year. Only one game, so let's see, I think there were six games. <laughs> six games where they won or lost by one score, or, le- or yeah, one score. Um, only one game with fewer than seven fantasy points in standard scoring leagues. We, you know, and that's respectable. He had three big games. He had two seven, eight fantasy point games, and he had one terrible game in the six games. So with that said, based on last year, based on what, what should be a close game against the Colts, it's probable that Crowell will be Seven fantasy points or more in standard, which is which is number running number two running back or better. Do uh, you think that's uh, a solid way to approach this week with Crowell? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is from. Let's see, next buy or sell. Original thought. Just Russell Wilson buy or sell. Buy. Dugout Derby buy or sell the National Football League. I don't have enough money to buy the National Football League, but if I could sell it, I would be rich. So, I mean, that would be kind of cool. Uh, no, I think the question is, I guess, meant like, are we happy with the NFL? And of course we are. We love the NFL. People are going to complain every year about the quality of play. Guess what? Peyton Manning's gone. Uh, we, we, we just got done with like a golden age of quarterback play. Oh boy. No, no, I'm saying it's fine. It's fine. It's just it can't always be as quarterback friendly as it's been in the past. Like we were lucky in the mid 2000s when Breeze was in his prime. Like these guys are still good, but Breeze, Brady, Peyton Manning are all in their prime. Aaron Rodgers was amazing. And like we still have it, but I feel like the quarterback play is just not as good across the board. But that could really change. That could change soon. We've got good young guys. And next year we have a good crop coming in. Don't, I reject, I don't complain. I reject the notion that we need to, this has to be a passing arena league football league for it to be good football too. No, I'm kind of looking I, forward to watching a night's game. I actually have a, I'm not. I actually have a theory, uh, about defense. I don't know, I'll, I'll unveil it at some point, but I, I think we're, this is going to be a good year for defense. I, I see I, a lot of good defenses this year. I think the NFL should just start calling Thursday night football throwback Thursday night football. <laughs> And every Thursday night, we get two defensive teams with no good quarterback play, and it's just slobber knocking. But the theory really is, Heath, like, since I do see a lot of good defenses across the NFL, I feel like, um, I feel like these elite fantasy players will be even more valuable than ever this year. Uh, you know, that's, you know what I kind of compare it to? Starting pitcher. So you should get more really good players, is your theory? Well, if you can via trade, yes. you know, and and maybe it's just like you stream everywhere else. I don't know. I'm working on this theory, but it's sort of like yeah. what happened with starting pitcher this year, where you know, hitting is so up, home runs set, already set a record for most home runs in a season. Pitching's pretty bad, and all of a sudden, the, the truly elite ones, the real aces, became very valuable fantasy commodities. And I just wonder how many fantasy football players will be like that, or you know. If the production is going to be very top-heavy, or will it be spread throughout the league? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, that's it for buy or sell. Thank you very much. And uh, one more. Dame of the Dog Walker. Buy or sell. Cinnamon raisin bagels are the best kind of bagels. And unless you say buy, your opinion is wrong. I buy it. Uh, No. Blueberry bagels with peanut butter this on them. This is ridiculous. Injuries, news, and notes. There are a lot of them, so pay attention. Sam Bradford was limited practice as of right now. As of Thursday, are you expecting Sam Bradford to go? I am not. Uh, Andrew Luck is not going to practice this week, so more bad news for the Luck owners. That was awful. Running backs. Tennessee is hopeful for DeMarco Murray to be able to play this week. That would I- be bad for everyone. Isaiah Crowell wants the ball. Give him the ball. He'll get the ball. Rex Burkhead did not practice. 
Rob Kelly was limited. Rob Kelly says he will play with a protective pad on his ribs Sunday night against Oakland. Uh, on that same note, Jay Gruden emphasized the importance of keeping Chris Thompson healthy, saying he's not the kind of guy he can give 30 carries to. Not that we were expecting that. Also pointing out that Thompson is Washington's kick returner. So that doesn't give you a great hope for like 15 carries from Thompson. Uh, Terrence West did not practice. As of right now, do you expect West? No. Orleans Darkwell could get more work. We talked about that. Wide receiver news. Danny Amendola is 47% owned, Heath, and he returned to practice. He might be able to play this week, but even if he doesn't, let's say he's probably going to play next week and he's 47% owned. Danny Amendola had 100 yards in week one. He feels a lot like AFC John Brown. Well, very different players, though. Different players, completely. But when Amendola is active, I'm going to like him as a as a top 30 wide receiver. Jordy I don't N- expect yeah. him to stay active for very long. Jordy Nelson practiced. Randall Cobb did not. Kelvin Benjamin did not practice, but is expected to play. Jarvis Landry missed practice. Looks like just maintenance. Mike Wallace says he wants the rock. Let's see if he gets it in London. Uh, Corey Davis is not going to play this week. Hamstring. Will Fuller's back at practice, but he won't play. For tight ends, Gronk was seen participating at practice by all of the media, and then the Patriots listed him as a non-participant, because that's the Patriots. Uh, Jimmy Graham did not practice. Tyler Eifert did not practice. And Jordan Reed is just not healthy right now with the chest and toe injuries. So Graham, Eifert, and Reed all have a good chance of missing this week. Gronk, you think, probably plays, right? Yep. Offensive line for the Packers. Right tackle Bulaga practiced. Left tackle Bakhtiari did not. Kansas City is going to be without its center, Mitch Morse. Jacksonville is going to be without center, Brandon Linder. That makes – or it could be, could be. We'll see on that. But that makes um, Fournette a little interesting against Baltimore. Uh, left tackle Ryan Khalil for the Panthers missed practice. Um, Kyle Long should be back this week for Chicago. And Atlanta could be without Ryan Schrader at Detroit. I'm not going to give you the defensive injuries right now because you're probably bored. So, Heath, let's go to the tough calls. And let's start with the quarterbacks. All right, we got a couple of really good quarterbacks who don't have the best track record on the road. How do you feel about Ben Roethlisberger at Chicago and Drew Brees at Carolina? I am starting both of them. And, um, yeah, I'm starting both of them without a whole lot of reservation. We do have the track record of Ben Roethlisberger on the road, and it's grown so large that even I can't ignore it. We don't have a very long track record of Ben Roethlisberger on the road with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Martavis Bryant all healthy, but when that has happened, he's mostly been good. All right, but I don't think he's probably hasn't been great. Well, like 20 fantasy points, yeah, that's 300 not, passing that's yards. Great. 20 fantasy points is like borderline top 12. Not now, because of the new NFL where we don't have any good quarterbacks. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, so far, 20 fantasy points have been really good. Ben Roethlisberger scored 20 and 21, I think, in two games. Uh-huh. And I think he's number 10 right now in fantasy. Uh, Okay, you are very high on Drew Brees. Dave and Jamie. Dave and Jamie like Brees, but you have him second, I think? Yes. Is that right? I don't think this Carolina matchup is that difficult. I expect them to be fine at Carolina. Drew Brees is ninth for Jamie, seventh for Dave, second for Heath. Wasn't was it that difficult last year? No, Breeze scored 19 fantasy points. It was a Thursday? It was at Carolina. Eh, all right. Look, I mean, most people are going to start Breeze, but yeah, no, I, I don't think anybody's debating this. No, but maybe you have Carr. Like, if you have Carr and Roethlisberger, who would you go with? I would go with Roethlisberger over Carr. You would? I I'm not really excited. Like, I'm going to start the Raiders, but. That's that's kind of a bad situation with the cross-country trip. Mm. So I'm not totally excited. All right, Dave and Jamie have uh, – well, they can talk on, They can talk tomorrow. This is a Heath show. We're all about Heath today. No, talk about Jamie. I want to hear it. Carson Palmer. <laughs> Carson Palmer. One of these days we're going to do a Thursday show, a tough matchups show with, with multiple fantasy analysts. It's going to be much more interesting. Oh, thanks. No, I'm just saying just <laughs> – <laughs> it just would be nice to get a little debate going, that's all. Uh Carson Palmer, Monday night against Dallas. I understand if you've given up on Carson Palmer. 
he's had two great matchups. He's been disappointing. I have him 11th this week. I'm starting Russell Wilson over him. I'm starting Matthew Stafford over him. But I'm starting Palmer over Winston, Mariota, Rivers, Wentz, Prescott, and Eli Manning. And Simeon. Uh, yes, I don't have Simeon. Simeon's behind every guy that I just mentioned. Well, Eli, he should be ahead of Eli Manning. Yeah, I'm sorry. He is ahead of Eli Manning. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, actually, guess who has – well, I think the answer is kind of obvious now. Guess who has more passing yards this year, Trevor Simeon or Eli Manning? Eli Manning. Yeah. Trevor Simeon, as much as I like him, I, I do need to point out, he is he's the number one quarterback in fantasy with the 16th most passing yards. Yeah, and he's, again, going across the country to the East Coast against the Buffalo defense that's been very good so far. Yeah, I don't know that they've played anybody worth— Here's the thing about that, because Jamie said this earlier in the week. Yeah. They played Cam Newton last week. Yeah, I, I, I'm— They're facing Trevor Simeon today, or this week. Like we're gonna say they haven't played anybody when they've played a quarterback that's clearly better. No, than what I, you know what? I uh, at at this current moment, I don't know that Cam Newton is clearly better than Trevor Simeon. I really don't. Gosh. First, I, look, man, he lost Greg Olson in that game fairly early, so that's true. He played a lot of the game without Olson. I definitely think, without question, that Trevor Simeon has better weapons around him. Um, he, he has a better offensive line, I'd say too. I'm really worried about Cam. I just I was worried going into the year. I didn't like it when we drafted him on our Rejects League team. I don't he's he's not a good fit. This is not his style of offense. He needs a good offensive line, he needs pass protection, he needs to chuck the ball down the field, and he needs to be a threat running the football. Since Cam Newton got his concussion last year, early in the season, he has not been a threat running the football, and he hasn't gotten to the thirty yard mark yet this year in two games. It's early. I think he looks like absolute crap. I really do. Uh, I'm I'm not saying he can't work it out. You know, he barely had a training camp in an offseason because of the shoulder surgery, Heath. So I get it. Like, it could get better for Cam Newton. He's got new targets. He's got new weapons. But right now, Trevor Simeon is a better quarterback. Right now, week three of this season than Cam Newton. Yeah, I do not believe that. Okay. I, I completely and totally disagree with that. Phillip Rivers, tough call at Kansas City. I don't want to start Rivers. Um, the, the Chiefs' deep pass defense gave up quite a bit to Carson Wentz without Eric Berry last week, but it was also a little bit fluky. I mean, 55 of those yards came on the pass that should have been intercepted that Zach Ertz caught off somebody's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I've got Rivers behind Palmer, behind Mariota, behind Winston. You've got Rivers. Where so? Where is he in the rankings? Uh, 15. Okay. So you, uh, Jamie's the high guy, Dave's the low guy, you're in the middle with Rivers, 15th overall. Okay, great. Uh, and Cam Newton against New Orleans. This and we're is, all, we're all starting Cam Newton. He's Jamie's start of the week. I've got him fourth overall. I am very, I, oh, gonna have to talk to Jamie about this one. I hope he's right. He didn't do well against New Orleans last year. You don't care about that, do you? No. He Have scored, I ever cared about a 11, player's history against a team? He scored 11 fantasy points. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. He scored 13 fantasy points against the Saints last year. Again, it was, it was a Thursday night game. Those are usually not as, not as high scoring. All right, yeah. Cam Newton. Start Cam or Ben? Cam. Cam or you'll take Breeze, right? I will say in 2015, he faced the Saints twice through for more than 300 yards both games and seven combined touchdowns. Yeah, he was a better quarterback back then. Okay. What do you mean, okay? He ran back then. He threw for 300 yards twice. I, okay, I, but he was a running threat. He was a running threat. That matters. And he had Greg Olson. All right, I hope. All right, Cam, you know what? Team Heatham needs a win. Bring it on. Beat those Saints. Okay, we all love fantasy football, so you know what? Let's play more fantasy football, everybody. Let's play on FanDuel. I already have my FanDuel lineup for this week. Probably going to set another lineup because you know what? You can do it for just $1. I'll probably have a couple of $5 entries out there. I love the 50-50s. You can play in the tournaments. Maybe I'll even do a tournament this week. Who knows? Maybe I'll challenge one of my buddies. There are so many things you can do on FanDuel. There are contests for everyone. And if you want to get entry into a contest for free with a chance to win a ton of money, make sure you use our promo code CBSPOD when you sign up and make a deposit. Look, over 2.5 million players have won a 
cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel. So sign up today. Go to FanDuel.com. Click the Join Now button and use our code CBSPOD. And here's what you get. Free entry into the NFL Sunday Million. Over a million dollars in cash prizes. Wow. Get in on that. Make your first deposit on FanDuel. FanDuel.com. Promo code is CBSPOD. FanDuel.com. Promo code CBSPOD. Void where prohibited. Tough calls at running back. Let's just look at the maybe maybe we should save it for tomorrow with Tennessee. We'll we'll, re, we'll revisit it tomorrow. Yeah, but let's take a look at that game, Tennessee at Seattle. Who's your favorite running back in that game? Uh, that depends on if Demarco Murray's playing. The the way I'm basically looking at this is if Murray is out, then both Henry and Carson are number two running backs. Carson's a number two running back regardless. Henry would join Carson as a number two running back. I would like Henry slightly more than Carson, but basically the same. If DeMarco Murray plays like they're hoping that he will, Carson's still a number two. I don't really want to start DeMarco Murray or Derrick Henry. Give me your uh, estimate for how many carries Chris Carson gets. Uh, 17. Okay. And... You know, score get seventeen get seventeen carries. Got a pretty good chance to score there. Uh, it, you said if Demarco Murray plays, you don't really want to start either guy. I don't really want to. So I mean, we'll, I understand we'll, you're gonna be in a situation where you might have to. We'll have that decision to make, and I, I said it on yesterday's show. We might start Buck Allen over either Tennessee running back because we have all three. We have Definitely. two. Yeah, we have two Tennessee running backs. And we have Buck Allen, who's got a tough matchup himself against Jaguars. Taft PPR. But if you think we should go Allen in that situation? I, if both of them are playing, I will have Allen ranked ahead of both of them. All right, yeah, I did want to. So I looked at Demarco Murray last year in tough matchups. He scored 17 fantasy points against the Vikings. Most of it was receiving. He had a big game at Houston, huge game at Houston. He had 123 yards and a touchdown against Jacksonville. He had a big game at Kansas City, and then after he got hurt, you know, not as good, but but uh, he struggled at Jacksonville. And then in Week 17, Murray struggled against Houston, but in that same game, Derrick Henry. Had 15 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. So the Titans were generally able to run the ball effectively even against tough matchups. Another thing, though, last year, I don't know if you care about this, Seattle, they allowed 100 yards and 4.9 yards per carry to Carlos Hyde in week three. Now, a lot of it was garbage time. It wasn't quite the same feeling as, like, Hyde ran all over them all game last week. But they got... You know, they took that horrible performance against Carlos Hyde, went across the country, and held Matt Forte to 14 carries for 27 yards. So are you going to have an angry Seattle defense chip on their shoulder? We know how they play. A lot to prove. You come out and, you know, potentially shut down a, a, a Tennessee running back. I don't expect that to happen, but I, I am not confident enough that if they're going to chop up the work that I want to start either one of them. All right, we'll start comparing uh, running backs and wide receivers as we get farther into the tough calls. So as of now, um, let me just get this straight. Chris Carson, number two, we're expecting about 17 carries. If Murray is out, you'd go Henry over Carson? Just barely, yes. Okay. Isaiah Crowell at Indianapolis. If you remember what I said earlier, close games or wins last year, he usually did well. Uh, only once did not. So starter said Isaiah Crowell, and, and how would you compare him to Chris Carson? I've got Crowell as a borderline number two. I've got him behind Chris Carson. Um, I My biggest issue with Crowell is that last year, even when he didn't get carries, because you, you highlighted it in the second half, he had a lot of games where he just didn't get that many carries. Mm -hmm. But he was still heavily involved in the passing game. This year at that is not – and I thought when they moved Duke Johnson to the slot, that would mean that it definitely continued. They're just not dumping the ball off to their running back out of the backfield unless it's Duke Johnson. Without that work in the passing game, his floor is just so incredibly low. I still think he has a decent ceiling in this matchup, but this is kind of the opposite of the Seattle defense because we expected the Colts to be terrible against the run this year. They have not been at all. No, they haven't. They've been very good. And and you know what? I don't think they're going to have a a great offense, a great defense, the Colts. But they've given up almost nothing to Todd Gurley in terms of yards per carry and the Cardinals guys, the longest run against the Colts through two games is 12 yards. And yep. they have a very, very different defense. I mean, it, they've really, their defensive line is like completely different from last year. So 
maybe maybe it's going to be solid. Maybe it's going to be okay. Uh, but I think, you know, he called for the ball. He said, give me the ball. This is their best chance to win this week. You know, you like Carson better, though. I like Carson better. I've got him as a borderline number two. I would start him in a standard league over Mark Ingram. You'd start Crowell over Ingram? Yes. Yep. I would start him over Jacquez Rogers. Would you start him over Des Bryant? I don't think I would, no. All right, we'll get to Des in a bit. Uh, So that's Isaiah Crowell. Same game. Starter sit Frank Gore against Cleveland. Gore had a touchdown last week. And Cleveland is another team that hasn't uh, been destroyed by running backs yet, but they allowed the second most running backs uh, fantasy points to running backs last year. They held Le'Veon Bell to four fantasy points, although they did give up touchdowns to both Buck Allen and Terrence West last week. So Frank Gore. Frank Gore or Crowell? Crowell for sure. I've got Frank Gore as more of a flex-type play if if you're not— like if it's a start sit question when you have two running backs, I'm probably sitting him. I've got him behind Ingram, behind Theo Riddick, behind James White, even in standard. Behind Riddick in standard, huh? Well, you got to remember Riddick's going up against that matchup against the Falcons defense that is just awful against pass catching running backs. Right. I actually uh, I have both Terrence West and Theo Riddick in PPR in our podcast league and. Let's say Wes plays. I'm, I'm still starting Riddick. I'm starting Riddick. Yeah. Yep. PPR. Uh, all right. But, but in standard over Gore, that's interesting. Cause Gore got 14 carries last week. He scored a touchdown. He did a, he had a nice week. He, he clearly, you know, there maybe were some doubts about how much work Mack and Turbin were going to get, but Gore dominated the carries last week. Yeah. I, Gore probably has a slightly better chance for a touchdown than Theo Riddick does this week. Mm-hmm. I expect Riddick to definitely have more yards than Frank Gore does this week. I don't think, the Cleveland defense was one of my low-owned DST streamers. You talked about what they did last year against the running backs. I don't even think that's relevant. They are a much improved defense. And I don't think they're going to be good this year because their offense is just going to put them in too many bad spots. But in a situation like this where they're kind of evenly matched or, or even slightly favored, if they can just keep them fresh, that they could have a very good day defensively. Well, I'll tell you another defense that's a lot better against the run than it was last year, uh, Denver. Denver has addressed it. They look great so far. <laughs> they held Ezekiel Elliott to eight rushing yards last week. So what do you do with LaShawn McCoy this week? Is there a scenario where you could have two running backs who are better than McCoy? A realistic scenario. Um, I don't have any leagues where I do. I'm still starting him. I, yes, there's a scenario. You could have drafted McCoy and then taken Dalvin Cook in the third and Kareem Hunt in the fifth. See, Dalvin Cook, actually one of the biggest injuries right now is Gerald McCoy for Tampa Bay. He did not practice. Uh, I'll give you the notes on that in a bit, but, but Dalvin Cook doesn't have an easy matchup if McCoy plays. No, but I would rather start, I, I don't buy that the Tampa Bay defense is great. They're good. You'd rather start Dalvin Cook over McCoy? I would. Really? Interesting. And you're actually the high guy on McCoy. Because Dave and Jamie have McCoy like 15th or so. Right. And you have him 10th, I think. Yeah, I would start Ty Montgomery. I'm trying to think of guys that were just drafted way after him. How about about tonight, Carlos Hyde? What's that? Carlos Hyde tonight. I'm going to reevaluate where I have the Thursday night guys ranked. As of right now, I have McCoy ranked ahead of Hyde. <sighs> I can't sit McCoy. I yeah, it's gonna be it's tough. The night the thing is he's being so heavily targeted in the passing game that he's gonna get some yards that way. And like it wasn't they didn't completely shut down Melvin Gordon. Uh Just well they they I mean, eighteen carries for fifty four yards. That's Melvin Gordon. And then five carries for five catches for twenty five yards and a touchdown. Zeke had four catches, and that's why I think McCoy will have a good game because I think he'll catch passes. And, uh, he always can, he always has good games. He's amazing. And he's had tough matchups last year and he did fine. And this is another, this is a cross country trip. Buffalo is not the easiest place to go and, and perform. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if this matters at all, but last year two teams traveled across country to Buffalo, Arizona and San Francisco. We'll take San Francisco off the table because they, you know, they were horrible against the run. But McCoy just filleted Arizona last year. Eh. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sitting LaShawn McCoy unless I have two great options. All right, Mike Gillisley against Houston. Is that a tough call for you this week? 
Yes, I'm a little bit worried about how much success they will be able to have running the ball. I think I still think this Houston defense is very good. I have Gillisley as a number two running back in standard, uh, right behind Chris Carson and Derrick Henry right now because I don't have Demarco Murray ranked. Okay, and but you'd go McCoy over Gillisley. I would go McCoy over Gillisley. I would start Gillisley over Fournette. Would you start? You would. Yes. Yeah, would you start J.J. Nelson over Gillisley? Not in standard. In PPR, I would. Okay. Next tough call is Leonard Fournette against Baltimore in London. Uh, early? I guess kick it off early. I love it, man. Is this a 9 o'clocker? Yeah, and the offenses may not wake up until about 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. I've got Fournette. Like, we're talking about all the guys that I have ranked right in order. It goes Derrick Henry, Chris Carson, Mike Gillisley, Leonard Fournette. So he's behind those three guys that we've already talked about. I have him just ahead of guys like Buck Allen, unless it's PPR, Christian McCaffrey, unless it's PPR, um, ahead of Lamar Miller, ahead of Amir Abdullah. So there is certainly a situation where you've picked up someone that you'd start over Fournette this week. But I'm not saying he's not a must sit by any stretch. All right, so Baltimore, obviously, we know they're good against the run. They allowed the sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. But how much are you factoring in the Brandon Williams injury? Because he's their run stopper and he may not play. Yeah, I I don't think this is a very good situation for Fournette, even if Williams is out. I still think this Baltimore defense is a complete mismatch for the Jags' offensive line, and they may be without their center. Uh, yeah, they were, right. They may be without Brandon Linder. Uh, speaking of a team that might be without its center, how about Amir Abdullah at Detroit, at uh, home against Atlanta? Is he a tough call? Can we finally start Amir Abdullah? Uh, Atlanta is giving up 5.35 yards per carry to running backs. Most of that was Tariq Cohen, but Jordan Howard did well too. 13 carries for 52 yards and a touchdown. They did well on a yards per carry basis against Ty Montgomery, but he scored two touchdowns in the game. Uh, but Travis Swanson, Detroit center, he did not practice on Wednesday. So Amir Abdullah, you said he's behind all the guys we talked about, but do you, you know, could he get you double digit fantasy points this week? Yeah, he's a, I have him ranked higher than I've had him ranked at any point this season. He's a low end number two for me. I've got him ahead of Crowell, ahead of Tevin Coleman, ahead of Tariq Cohen in standard. Uh, in PPR, I'd drop him below Theo Riddick. I'd rather start Riddick. I would still like to see what share of the running back targets is Abdullah going to get. Because in week one, I think he got four, and that's that's great. Last week, he got zero. I had one called back. So let's say he got one. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll count that one, even though we don't do that for any other player. Well, because we don't know. Stats. But if I knew every time, then I would count it. <laughs> right. I mean, they ran a screen for him, and it, and it was called back. I think that matters. Uh, would you start Abdullah or Terrell Pryor? Pryor. I, I think Pryor, Cousins, Crowder, that whole Redskins passing attack gets healthy this week against the Raiders. Okay, and Christian McCaffrey against the Saints. I think he's pretty easy to start in PPR, but in standard scoring leagues, is Christian McCaffrey a tough call for you? It's a tough call. He's behind a lot of the guys we've talked about so far, but I do have him ahead of Abdullah and Crowell. The Saints are just dreadful. It basically <laughs> ev- everything. And McCaffrey has kind of looked overwhelmed physically. I think the first two weeks, but New Orleans is not going to do that to him. So, uh, yeah, McCaffrey's a low end number two for me, right behind Buck Allen. Would you start McCaffrey or Jonathan Stewart in standard? In standard, I would start Stewart. In PPR, I'd start McCaffrey. Okay. And finally, Chris Thompson against Oakland. So, as I mentioned earlier, Jay Gruden does not want to overwork Chris Thompson. And Rob Kelly says he's going to play through the ribs injury. So, is Chris Thompson a start or a sit this week? Yeah, I, I don't really want to start him. He's a he's a flex in PPR, a very low end flex in a standard league. I I've still got him behind. I mean, there's kind of that big group of pass catching running backs. I don't put Theo Riddick and James White in that. They're ahead of all these guys. But I've got Thompson in the same range with Duke Johnson, Darren Sproles, Shane Vereen, and they're all low end number three running backs. Yeah, Sproles is kind of sneaky because he he often scores against the Giants. Just seems to own the Giants. Uh, well, who would you take, Thompson or Sproles? I've got Sproles one spot ahead of Thompson right now. In a PPR league, Thompson or Jonathan Stewart? Stewart. In a PPR league, Thompson or 
Tevin Coleman. Coleman. Coleman's been involved in the passing game. He's getting a lot more targets than Devontae Freeman is. Okay, let's go to some tough calls on wide receivers. No tight ends on today's show. We gave you some streamers earlier today. All right, Des Bryant. This is the third week we're going to say, yeah, kind of avoid Bryant if you can. Uh, this is the third week I'm going to say I'm still starting Des Bryant because, you know me, Mr. Contrarian. You've got him eighth. No, I've, and so does I've Dave. Got, I'm sorry? Dave and you both have Des Bryant eighth. Jamie has him 20, 27th. Yeah, I, they are just making such a concerted effort to get Des Bryant involved in the game plan. And, uh, I, I, I can't sit him. Yeah, the encouraging thing for Des Bryant is that he has six targets inside the 10 yard line. There are only three other players in the NFL so far with, with more than two. Right. You know, keep in mind Prescott threw 50 passes last week. That's not going to happen again in most, most likely. But, uh, you know, Patrick Peterson is really good and he should follow Des Bryant. It's going to be tough. I mean, eight is bold. Like if you had him like 16th, I'd get it, but eight is bold, Heath. I'm bold. Okay. He says stardom. So does Dave. Jamie, not so much. Mike Evans at Minnesota. We're not sitting Mike Evans. You know, you're not sitting Mike Evans, but Minnesota's done really well. They're always good against number ones. They're always good against number ones. Yes, they are. I'm not sitting Mike Evans. Okay. Like, did, did we have Antonio Brown on the tough calls last week? Uh, no, but, but we should have. They, look what they did against, uh, we shouldn't I, have. Cause Antonio Brown's better than Mike Evans. You never see Antonio Brown. Brown's is better than Mike Evans. I just don't, maybe this is just my philosophical issue, but I'm not, like, I'm not sitting Mike Evans. Antonio Brown had five catches for 62 yards on 11 targets. Week one, Michael Thomas had five catches for 45 yards on eight targets. Okay, that's fine. Don't sit Mike Evans. I have Evans in one league and I am also not sitting Mike Evans. Uh, Martavis Bryant at Chicago. Martavis Bryant, let's see if I have the numbers readily available. I think he has one touchdown in like 10 road games in his career. And 12 touchdowns in 13 home games. I, I would love, love, love it if somebody could explain to me the why <laughs> to this whole thing. The why or the know, why? What's that? The why or the why? The why. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't like basing decisions on trends that have no real explanation. Sure. But here's, here are the numbers. Career at home, (laughs) 72.5 yards per game, 12 touchdowns in 13 games. Career road for Bryant, 48 yards per game, three touchdowns in 10 games. Start to sit. I've got him as my 28th wide receiver. So sit him in a two wide receiver league, start him in a three wide receiver league. Even in a two wide receiver league, you're probably starting him as a flex. Um, I have him behind this. Some of these names may surprise Devontae Parker, Jamison Crowder, T.Y. Hilton. Ooh, Hilton. Interesting. How about Bryant or Amir Abdullah? Martavis Bryant. Ooh, that's interesting. And I think I would go... I think I'd go with Abdullah. So that means you'd go Chris Carson over Martavis. That one I'm, I feel better about, yes. Tyrell Williams against Kansas City. I think he's had 54 receiving yards in each of his first two games. Tyrell Williams against Kansas City. Yeah, I have no interest in Tyrell Williams against Kansas City this week. They, Kansas City is good against outside wide receivers. They struggle against the slot. Keenan Allen will do whatever he wants this week. Uh, but I don't want to start Tyrell. Alshon Jeffrey against the Giants. I, I'm still starting Alshon. I like the types of targets he's getting. This New York Giants secondary, I still think is good, but I'm not sure they're going to be as good as they were last year. Well, I mean, based on one game, Janoris Jenkins was great against Dez. I think if he doesn't play, I'm absolutely greenlighting Alshon in my leagues. If Janoris Jenkins plays, which he's expected to right now, it's tough. It's tough. Like I'd probably, I'd definitely go JJ Nelson over Alshon if, uh, if Jenkins plays. Because I I think he'll shadow him. I don't know if he'll shadow him. Yeah, he'll get him a lot. He'll get him a lot. Yeah. You know what? He might not shadow him. And Eli Apple's been pretty pretty rough so pretty far bad. this week. Yeah. This year. Um. All right, that helps. But I still think I go. I really like JJ Nelson this week, as long as John Brown's out, which is going to happen. I like him as a number two. Uh, Jeremy Macklin at Jacksonville. I'm sitting 
all the receivers in that game. Marquise Lee would be my favorite. So you'd start Alshon over Macklin? I would. Would you start Aguilar over Macklin? I would not. Would you start ooh, Emmanuel Sanders over Macklin? I would. You also have Pierre Garçon over Macklin. Yep. Somebody's going to have to catch passes. If it's going to be I don't anyone, know that they Macklin. will. <laughs> okay. Last one you you like a lot, Terrell Pryor. Yeah, we're starting Terrell Pryor. The Raiders' defense is not that good. They're traveling across the country. Oh, that's what I meant to tell you. Garion Conley, rookie cornerback, made his debut in week two, did not play in week one, came away with rave reviews for the Oakland Raiders. And okay. could be lined up on Terrell Pryor this week. Now they're probably going to be, oh no, actually, I think, um, I think their other cornerback is going to play. Sean Smith. Uh, I think he's gonna play. So I, they're Who gonna does not scare me at all. Yeah, but I'm interested, I'm just interested to see about Conley. It's one game, so not gonna make any conclusions. But we're always looking for good cornerbacks. He's a first round pick out of Ohio State. Gary and Conley, keep an eye on him. But you're, but you like Pryor. You like the Redskins offense a lot this week. I do. Alright. Heath, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. For Heath Cummings, I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Start or Sit.